0: Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the communications director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. Lay ministry is nothing new to the United Methodist Church. In fact, it's one of the founding principles, at least for the church in the United States. You see, in the earliest days, there were very few pastors assigned to a specific church. Most were preachers on horseback riding from village to village preaching and teaching about the love of Jesus Christ and salvation available to all through his life, death, and resurrection. People could go weeks without stops by the circuit rider. And in between, lay people took up the slack. In those intervals between when pastors could be present, lay people led the effort to teach, care for the congregation, and even hold people accountable for their faith practices. In this short series within the In Layman's Terms podcast, I'm taking a look at lay people in various leadership positions. Last time we talked with Jada Hodson, who served as a lay pastor of local churches for more than a decade. And in this episode, I'm talking with Brian Hankins. He serves as associate pastor at Bellevue, Aldersgate, and Leffler Memorial United Methodist Churches in the Omaha area. I had the opportunity to talk with Brian recently in the dining room of his home in Nebraska. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And today we're actually in the dining room (laughs) of Brian Hankins here in, uh, just outside of Omaha in Papillion. Brian, welcome to In Layman's Terms.
1: Thank you very much. It's good to be with you this morning.
0: So we are exploring certified lay ministry and what that means. We're also going to talk about lay servants with a few other folks here in a few weeks. But you've been serving as a CLM as an associate pastor in a couple of churches. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, which churches you're serving in, and then what your various roles are within those two congregations. Uh, The main
1: church is Aldersgate in Bellevue. And... uh, we joined that church in uh, 1989 and we've been there ever since. And I've been fortunate that I've been able to continue my CLM ministry in the church uh, in different roles, different ways. My, my real passion, if you will, is adult ministry, adult education. Uh, I teach a weekly adult class. We've got 10 to 12 members. And because of the COVID crisis, we had to go online and do that online. So we operate a hybrid class. Uh, This last Sunday was the first Sunday we got together again in person and also did a hybrid. We've got uh, a member in Kansas or in uh, South Dakota and another member uh, that is in Tennessee that normally wouldn't be able to join us. One of them is a foreign member. As a matter of fact, I married the uh, young man who's up in uh, South Dakota. I did his service. And uh, a good friend of ours, Ken, transferred out to Tennessee, and he's been joining us every week and maintaining his relationship. And it's something that wouldn't have occurred had we not gone through the COVID. So it's an offshoot of that.
0: It is one of the, be- one of the few benefits. It is. Emphasize the word few. <laughs> right. One of the few benefits of, of uh, us being forced to do things more virtually is you do have those connections now with people who don't necessarily pull into the parking lot. On Sunday morning. But that,
1: that's really, I mean, that, that's where my passion is, is for adult education. Uh, and I do pulpit supply as needed. Uh, Chad Bowling, our senior pastor there, uh, caught COVID a couple of weeks ago. And so I was able to pick up and move right in and take over the pulpit for a few weeks while he was in quarantine. Uh, a few years ago, he broke his ankle at uh, orders and fellowship meeting in the middle of the winter. And he was laid up for about six weeks. So. I
0: think I actually remember this. Yeah. It was it at St. Mark's in Lincoln? No,
1: it was in, uh, is it Kearney? Oh, or it was Kearney. Gr- it was the University. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do remember walking.
0: He was, was, walking, he, he he was right.
1: walking in across the parking lot, ah. and hit a patch of ice, went down, landed wrong, broke his ankle. Uh,
0: Sorry, we didn't mean to like, bring up his health history. Yeah, either, but. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was
1: a... They came in and announced he'd been taken to the uh, hospital and then right. so. I, but I, But because I was in the church, it was an easy transition. And the same, we we do our Sunday service as an online service as well. Uh, and that's one of, the, one of the difficulties, I think, for a lay minister, a CLM. If you're going into a church that does do a broadcast service, a lot of times I think the pastor is the one that does the service and knows the how to set, set up everything. And so it adds another dimension to it now that if you're going in as a lay speak, certified lay speaker or as a CLM filling in for somebody, is it going to be broadcast and how do we do the broadcast? Uh, but I, I serve there and we also have a second church. Uh, it's a part of a small church, uh, Leffler over in uh, South Omaha. And it's one of these old churches that's been there for about 125 years, small congregation, but still active. And uh, Chad is primary there, but I'll fill in also if we need somebody to fill in. And then I get called uh, to other churches and the, primarily the metro area here mm-hmm. as needed.
0: Sure. Uh, so you start, you, you remember the church back in 1989. Uh, what led to, what was your call story, I guess, as far as to advanced um, school process? It, it
1: started in 1970s, actually. I was in uh, New Mexico at the time in that conference. I was in the Air Force, and I became a lay speaker back there. It was one of the, I was in, Yeah, they started the program up, and it was like, I can do that, because I was used to doing briefings in the Air Force, and that's like, easy enough to do. Uh, took the classes, moved around for a number of years, did nothing, not many opportunities to use it, really. Got back here, uh, moved here, and there were some times when I could go ahead and help out. And uh, so I got back into the program, and Nebraska at that time had a much more active program, or it still does, but uh, other states aren't as as big on lay servant ministry as Nebraska and Great Plains Conferences. So it was, I got into the program, found out, we couldn't find my original certification paperwork, one of those things, you know, you don't think it's important, you don't hang on to it. So I retook the classes and started back in to get certified, took the basic course and another class. as the program developed and uh as the conferences merged during that period with the kansas east west and and nebraska merging i was a member of the one of the the annual conference groups and met with them and got involved with that group and how we developed and merged the programs together to come up with a a single program for the conference that was all my lay servant, lay speaker. Going on, uh, when we used to have conferences in uh, uh, Lincoln, mm-hmm. and the, the highlight for me of the conference is always the ordinar- ordination ceremony on Friday nights. And I don't remember the old church that was downtown Lincoln that we used, but it had the balcony up in the top where we did the ordination. Oh, St. Paul's. St. Paul's, maybe. And I remember sitting up there in the balcony, watching the ordination, and afterwards, I had a, you know an altar call. And uh, God was saying, go on down there. And it was, oh, no, I don't want to look stupid. And uh, so I sat back and didn't go down and left that conference really feeling like I, I should have gone forward, uh, kind of kicking myself. Uh, But I thought, well, if it's real, God will find a way. And the following year, we were back in the same kind of situation, and the altar call came, and it was, again, I felt this nudge to go down there. So I went down to the altar, and uh, if you decided to take that course of action, uh, they had some of the laity or elders come down to meet you, and it turned out, that uh, a former bishop from Panama, which had been where we were assigned before coming to Nebraska, was the one who met me at the altar.
0: Okay. This is because you're Air Force service? Yes. Okay.
1: So he put his arms around me and whispered in my ear, no turning back. <laughs> and that started me down the path to becoming a SEAL. on the
0: floor of annual conference, basically, yeah. <laughs> <at> the Nation <laughs> service. No pressure there. No pressure. That's great. Uh, so you, you get it. For those of you who aren't familiar, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode uh, with Jada Hodson. We used to have, in the United Methodist Church, we used to have the the lay speaker program. And uh, now where I was, I was in the Rocky Mountain Conference at the time. So we were in St. George, Utah, the far southwest corner, 322 miles between us and the next closest United Methodist Church. (laughs) Uh, And so lay speakers were essential for filling pulpits for areas that are great distances. Uh, we have that in the in the western part of our two states not so much in the metro area uh, which is why which is why in our metro area is plural um, which is why I think you're you're so interesting is because you're serving in that role kind of showing people that this isn't just for rural areas
1: uh, no. this is
0: something that can be a benefit to churches no matter where they are large or small metro or rural
1: and and it really I think has worked out well um, you, you need a ordained elder that's willing to accept a CLM underneath them and you need a CLM that understands that they aren't the pastor in charge to have that work Uh, but it can be really beneficial because it it makes it so much simpler when the pastor wants to take vacation you know normally there's this hesitancy for pastors to go on vacation I got to get somebody to fill the pulpit who am I going to get am I going to get somebody who's you know qualified are we going to all these things go on and if you've got somebody that's there and it's qualified and knows the routine it's just a much easier transition and with i get called a lot of times for churches in the metro area here where they know that they can call me up and i'll usually be able to fill in you know juggle some things around uh sometimes i have to get somebody to fill in for my, my adult sunday school class because of the time conflicts but uh it really does help, I think, and I think it is an area that is, uh, has great potential if we can get more people that are called to that ministry. Right. Uh, it, it is some, I, I consider it a calling,
0: just as, anybody, I agree anybody,
1: just as any, well, you're a CLM, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, I think people get scared when they hear the minister part of that title. <laughs> And just so we're clear, CLMs uh, have very different roles in different annual conferences and in different contexts. There are some annual conferences where CLMs basically uh, serve as uh, like youth directors or as uh, people who deal with maybe a uh, we'll say uh, we'll say ministries for the aged, right? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, for senior citizens, uh, and so we. we there's, there, and that certainly is a valid use of people with that skill. Uh, but in the Great Plains, we have a little more diversity in how we're, we use CLMs. So we have a lot of CLMs who are the pastor of the church when we get out to the western part of our two states in particular because, frankly, the congregations are small enough. The money just isn't there to be able to afford an elder uh, uh, or even a local licensed pastor. And then we have like you, where you're in a metro area and are able to serve in so many different ways, uh, both in your local church and beyond the local church. I serve a small church in Lawrence by virtue of they couldn't afford anybody else for exactly. the most part. And, and it was a really small congregation. It didn't make sense to yoke them with anyone uh, because of where they are right. Right north of the river. So, so we, we provide flexibility. We'll put it that
1: way. We do. And, and we've been very fortunate with Bishop Signs that he is very supportive of the program. And I some of the classes we take uh, to be a disciple, you get people from all over the country in these classes with you, and you get to talk with them about how they're being utilized in their conferences. And Nebraska, really, you know, Nebraska, Kansas, the Great Plains Conference, is much more forward leaning on this and you know uses CLMs much more effectively, but they you know I've had pastors them tell me you know quite honestly say Florida, uh, they've got so many retirees down there that when they need a pastor, they pick up the phone and they've got people you know clamoring for a chance to, to get back. Yeah, to fill in for a Sunday, uh, and, and a lot of the states are like that where they they don't have the the distances involved in the small communities. Uh, we're having somebody in that local area that can step in Mm -hmm. and fill the or be assigned I say assigned as as opposed to (laughs) appointed that's right it's it's a difference there's
0: there's a technicality basically it's the same thing but the reality is on the paperwork it reads district superintendent assignment as opposed to an appointment from the bishop right Um, you can read into that whatever nuances you want but
1: um, but we are we are laity Mm -hmm. we are are not elders we are not ordained Uh, we are somewhat restricted in what we can do Uh, we are not allowed to perform the sacraments as a rule Um, and we only have the two sacraments the baptism and and the communion Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are exceptions for communion we can have an elder work with us and bless the elements
0: I'm lucky enough to live with an elder so uh, my my wife blesses the bride (laughs) <laughs> um, in the
1: juice. And, and you know so it, it, it's it's doable and, and we we managed to do that um, and I we but I do perform weddings and funerals and I've done a number of them over the years uh, and people say you're, you're a minister you're not a minister well yes I am I'm a lay minister and, and that's not a sacrament in our church so we are allowed to perform those services
0: We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of my conversation with Brian Hankins right after these brief messages. Join me, Ashley Alley Crawford. And me, Shelley Petz as we host conversations with and for clergy in order to describe what's happening, ask questions about how God is at work in our midst, and encourage the heart of pastors and leaders in this liminal time in which we find ourselves. Our show is called At the Threshold because we know that we are in the midst of change in this season. You can subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. Also, check out our website at greatplains.org at-the-threshold for more resources related to each topic. Our goal with each conversation is to find a little light at the threshold. Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but how can you do that? You can help by providing some inspiration each morning to someone else just go to www.greatplainsumc.org dailydevotions daily devotions. Once there, you'll find a QR code and a link to a sign-up page. Pick your day and your topic. If you need some assistance, there's even a link to the Vanderbilt University Daily Lectionary. Follow the instructions for submitting your devotion, and you've done your part to help inspire and encourage others in their Christian walk. Again, that's www.greatplainsumc.org dailydevotions daily devotions. Help make more disciples today. Welcome back to In Layman's Terms. I'm continuing my conversation with Brian Hankins, a certified lay minister serving as associate pastor of two churches in the Omaha area. Here's more of my discussion with Brian from his dining room table. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about education or continuing education. Okay. Uh, we talked with Jada last time a little bit about the, how you become a CLM. I want to talk to you about how you stay sharp and continue to learn even after you're in that role. Uh, we have some requirements that we have to do for, uh, for that. So let's talk a little bit about what those requirements are and then what you personally have found to be most effective in, as far as your continuing education.
1: Um, the We have a requirement to take a, an advanced class every two years. Mm-hmm. And what I've been doing uh, this year, I took a class through the conference, they have a list of classes. Part, there, there are like core 11 classes that you can take online or through the conference. And uh, so I, I, I was kind of a hybrid. <laughs> When we were working out the details of how we were gonna what the requirements were gonna be, uh, you know we're gonna do this many classes or this many classes and and the be a disciple class was available. So finally, I got frustrated with the changing requirements and I said, well, I'll just do the four classes, the uh, four be a disciple core classes, and then I did the preaching the uh, Old and New Testament. You we talked about that. That's yeah. the
0: exact same route that I went as well.
1: Yeah, because uh, I was like, I want to get done with this and, and you know get this off. This summer, I took a class, uh, American Methodist History, which is one of the, the core classes for my continuing ed class, and I'll probably do the same thing in the future. Plus, uh, I said teaching is my mm-hmm. passion. Uh, we teach about five classes, adult classes, at our church in a year. What we're, we're getting ready for a fall class here. It will start next month. Uh, then we'll do Advent. Then we'll do Lent. Then we'll do a uh, spring, summer class. And uh, I started teaching an adult VBS class. when, when it, that was. It started out, we had a lot of parents that would drop the kids off in the evening. And say, they don't have anything
0: to do for and, a and
1: they've got nothing to do for a couple hours. Uh-huh. And it's like, well... You know they're just sitting around maybe offer a class that would be interesting we picked up a lot of people and so our little church has a hundred and some people maybe on the books but typically we'll teach 30 people at a time okay uh and we've we've set it up where we do a uh, typically it'll be a sunday evening for people that are working and then maybe a tuesday morning tuesday or thursday morning
0: so, you're teaching the same class at
1: two, two different times? Two different times. Okay. Uh, we found that a lot of the more elderly people, especially in, in the winter months, especially, don't want to be driving after dark.
0: Right, and it gets dark so early. And it gets dark
1: so right. early. So, we offered the morning class, uh, say at 10 o'clock you know, in the morning, and people come in for that. And this time, we're going to be doing it the, cl- the morning wow. class online. Okay. So, that if people want to jump in there, they can take the class online as well. Okay. Uh, but Chad and I work together on that and uh, we co-teach now mm-hmm. and so but that that helps me keep current and then the I use a book called disciplines it's off our room mm-hmm. um, and we pick that and I've used it now for 17 18 years uh, but it, it goes through the liturgy each week mm-hmm. and the group of adults that I are in my class um, we read through that and that becomes a springboard if you will for discussion what's happening in our lives in our church in the world and if it's nothing related to the liturgy but somebody needs to talk about it then we we spend that that hour talking about it but i I look forward to that time with these people every week that's that's very important to me
0: that's great one of the things i want to point out is that the the continuing education requirements Really, are not that stringent. No, I mean we have no. uh, we have a lot of advanced classes and a lot of classes that are approved as advanced classes uh, within the conference. For example, I do a multimedia worship tools class. I haven't done it for a few years because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, we had a lot of folks that took it just before then. But basically, it works on how to be most effective with using artwork and and music and things in the worship service from the standpoint of audiovisual uh, equipment. And so we, we work through those things, and that's, been, that's approved as, a, as an advanced class in the conference. So um, people can take that uh, whatever that's available, but also BeADisciple.com has quite a few it does. Uh, that you can take. So uh, the good news here is basically you can find something you're really interested in and you can right, take that. Right. You don't have to take something that you're not interested in at yeah. all because there's so many other things out there.
1: Yeah. I, I was a history major and uh, you get excited about history. So when I saw the American Methodist history class, it was like, hey, this here's an easy one. I like this. Uh, and it's it was really interesting to read and get a lot of the classes you know, are like an elementary level and this is a more of a college level course. Mm-hmm. And you get a little more in-depth and see the the dynamics of how the church has grown and developed and modified and changed over the years. And you can you can look at that in the 1800s and how that affected us and how we're being affected now with the current d- divisive issues we're facing um, and, and w- what the outcomes were on that. And it was kind of reassuring to me when I took it because it, it, it was like, okay, we're going to be fine. Right. That no matter what what happens at General Conference, uh, it'll all work out, and God'll God'll take care of it.
0: Whatever happens, whenever it happens. Whenever it happens. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, do people treat you differently than they do the pastor at your churches?
1: Uh, maybe a little. I I think you know that they're a little more comfortable with me at times. Uh, you know, being an elder. There, there is a sense sometimes that well you know he's the the pastor right um, and, and although people will call me pastor now, uh, but it, I don't think there's as much intimidation there mm-hmm. as you know the ordained elder brings to the meeting
0: yeah, I think that part of that is because of the history. Out of the church, I mean, people who grew up. I mean, exactly. Even like 30 years ago, the pastor had this pedestal yeah. that we that we put typically a hymn on. Yes, <laughs> typically.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so that was uh, that, that is kind of like continued on. Right. Um, but I think as we get more lay people involved in ministry, and by the way, we are call, all call, all are called to ministry. It's a matter of to what extent. And what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, Jesus didn't say just you select people, go make disciples. <laughs> no, it was, it was an all-inclusive instruction, right? Uh, so, I think as more lay people get involved, we have that opportunity to really help people understand a little bit better that they too can do this. Maybe maybe a CLM is, is not what they aspire to be, but a certified lay servant that has a little bit more education that, that can then go out and help with different aspects of ministry. Right, and, and
1: it just makes you more effective. In any leadership role you have in the church, because uh, you'll understand the processes better mm-hmm. and the background behind the, 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 these processes. Uh, and that makes you more effective. Uh, I want to take a second. Sure. Uh, we, we've got a really exciting uh, training class coming up since we're talking about training.
0: Yes, yeah, we need to get into this. Go ahead.
1: Um, we're going to offer three basic classes simultaneously. Um, one is going to be in Swahili, okay. and this will be the first class I know of in the world in Swahili. Uh, we're going to offer a class in Spanish, and we're going to have a basic English class. And this kind of came out, Pastor uh, Stephanie Auschwitz approached me at a meeting one day and said, what would you think about a class, I've got a bunch of Sudanese immigrants uh, that want to get involved more in, in the uh, leadership in the church, they're." they're congregation but and i said i think it's a great idea but <laughs> unless they can read english well enough the, the only books available are written in english for the most part
0: so for those of you who aren't familiar basic class we talked about this a little bit last time it is the beginning class for lay servant ministries and it gives you basically a ten thousand foot overview of the United Methodist Church, uh, as well as our basic theology, very basic history, it's just a really good foundation-type class, and you have to take that before you take any of the advanced classes. Uh, the reason this is such a big deal, uh, like you said, is because based, as far as I know, this has only been in English, at least in our conference. We haven't done anything else. So you're, you're doing it in three languages. How is that going to work?
1: Uh, well, Bishop Mar- or Bishop D.S. Marithi, Charles Marithi, Charles Marithi yep. Worked with uh, Stephanie to translate the basic book into Spanish or into Into Swahili. Swahili. Uh, Juan Carlos Veloso, who's a pastor at Grace Church in Omaha, uh, Omaha, uh, wanted has a a new group. He's starting a new church. He's starting a Hispanic church there or congregation, and they do have the books available in Spanish, so that was available. Uh, but he wanted to get his adults involved in the leadership role in the church as well. So we we got two, and then we said, okay, oh, we find a third one, because we needed to offer it for anybody else out there, our basic English-speaking group that wanted it. Uh, and then and part of the key here is that uh, we've got a really supportive DS mm-hmm. and Chad Engelmeyer. And Chad said, I can teach a class too. So Chad's going to teach a class as well. He's teaching uh, leading missional small groups.
0: Okay.
1: And I'll teach United Methodist Heritage, and Chad Bowling is going to help me with that, um, because we've got a couple people that need that class to finish up their uh, certified lay speaker. Okay. And then we've had some interest in uh, a worship and altar decorating class. (laughs) And Stephanie and... uh, Marta are going to teach that one, I think, as well as part of the uh, worship mm-hmm. class with, with an emphasis on, on preparing the altar and, and decorating the, the sanctuary. So we, we've got three advanced classes and three basic classes. We're going to all happen at one church on one day, on the October 16th in Benson in the uh, Omaha area. Okay. St. Paul. Exciting about it. We, we've been trying to do this for a couple of years. Uh, we were going to do it last year and got shut down by COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so this year, all the parts and pieces are coming together, and uh, it's it's going to be a really exciting day. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: And the good news is, once you have it done at one time, it's it's not so difficult to replicate it again especially right. now that the the language has been translated right for the book that, that's amazing
1: yeah and that that really was a, a very exciting event you know to get that done so that you know the, the, it, the Nashville talks about you know we're, we're going to work on it well we were fortunate enough to have somebody that could sit down and and make it happen right now in our conference uh, so I, I'm very excited about that. I think it's 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 going to be a big deal for us to do this, and it's going to open up a pathway for a lot of these people to be more involved in the ministry in their own churches, uh, because we are a diverse community. Uh, and I, it, it's going to be an exciting day. I'm looking forward to it. Well,
0: we Stephanie was one of our guests a few months ago, and we talked about uh, we talked about that congregation, uh, that part of the congregation, because. We're talking about all the different worship spaces in that church. It's, right. It's, it's it's an older church that they've added on to and then added on to and then Anna. added on to again. And there's a little worship space in every one of those little yeah. sections. Uh, and so uh, that, it's, it's really exciting. And I, I will confess I didn't realize it was coming up quite so fast for whatever reason. I was thinking it was in November. So that's October 16th. Right. Uh, and then information for that, how would people find out? Uh,
1: it's on the district website and it'll be also, it's also listed on the conference website for the, uh, lay servant ministries.
0: So the quick way to get to that is it's greatplanesumc.org. At the very top in the navigation, there's a laity tab. You hover over it and it brings up another menu. The very last one in that, the very bottom, I believe is training. Uh, and that is, that'll take you straight to right. that page. So, uh, that's a good plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good plug. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who is like yourself? We don't really have that altar call every year like, like uh, you had, but somebody that's thinking about it. What, what's your uh, what's your quick uh, uh, advice for them if they're even considering that?
1: I, I think you know if, if get get started. You need to take the basic class, and then you need to take an advanced class. To, you know, just kind of get your feet wet into it and then see where God leads you. Uh I I've had some people call me up and talk to me about uh hey, I'm thinking about becoming a CLM. How much money can I make? <laughs> and I said, I don't think this is for you.
0: Right? <laughs> right?
1: Uh most CLMs are are paid at most a stipend to cover travel expenses. It's not something you do to make money.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not going to be a uh... A big income, mirror. right? Um,
1: <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I, but I, I'll redirect them. You know, if you really feel called to the ministry, then maybe you need to look at becoming a lace a lace uh, minister or a you know, lay preacher, LP, a uh, licensed preacher. Right? Uh, maybe that's another course. You know, if seminary isn't something you're considering, um, you know, people have asked me why didn't I go to seminary? I was too old. I had 26 and a half years in the Air Force, and I worked for another 19-plus years as a contractor. So I came to the ministry late in life, which a lot of CLMs come to it late in life. I was going to say a
0: lot do, but look at what you're doing even though you came to it, quote, late in life.
1: Well, and I've been appointed as a district director, so I helped develop the training and classes and everything as well. but yeah, it's it's a lot of you know. It's not an income generating thing for the most part. <laughs> right. There are people that are appointed to churches that can afford to pay a little more, but that's the exception, not the rule. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to look at this as a career path. Right. Uh, like
0: you said, really, it's a calling. It's a calling. It's a calling. So you're doing it because God's called you. It's not because ooh, this might be the career change kind of thing. Yeah. So. No.
1: It, it's. Uh, because you know you feel like God's, I got something for you to do, and uh, they write the books about the people to say yes. <laughs> well, no, you know Moses. How many people did God ask? You know, hey, go set my people free. Oh, I'm busy. Well, right. we're all busy, right? And uh, you know, CLMs are have a special place because most of us are still working. When I started this, I was still working, <laughs> and you're working a forty-hour-plus week. And then you're working on your sermon and uh, whatever other ministry duties you've got. And it's a chunk of your time.
0: I'm here to tell you, so I started July 1st. was my, I was not appointed to a church until this year. And so it's taken me, we're now into mid-September. It took me until about the end of August to get into any kind of real rhythm. Yeah. Uh, and all it takes is one day job curveball <laughs> to greatly mess up that rhythm. Yeah. So so it definitely has to be a calling.
1: And, and you have to be flexible. Um, I think the shortest notice I've had was like two or three hours. Uh, two or three o'clock in the morning, I got a call from a pastor at our church here. I'm sick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, it was like you've been getting sick for a week now. You know, and they they want to be there and they want to do it, right. but it was that Sunday morning at two o'clock in the morning. They figured out we're not going to make it.
0: And that's why one of the tricks of the trade is you keep two or three summons <laughs> in your hip pocket because you just don't know. I, I mean, I, I I did pulpit supply before, yeah. uh, even before I received the CLM credentials. Right. And so yeah, I had like one or two just ready in case I got a call on a Saturday that you know I'm, and that did happen a couple times. Sure, somebody that was sick or traveling on vacation and flight got canceled was, was one scenario yeah. so those kinds of things but happen.
1: that's part of being a clm or a lay speaker is you know that you have to be flexible and you have to be ready
0: ready to step in
1: uh i think people keep reminding me people elders well you got to be ready to preach or die yeah
0: preach pray uh-huh. or die yep, that's the that's the rule
1: at a moment's notice <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right so i want to close with one thing here you said that teaching was your passion What's your favorite thing to teach, subject-wise or class-wise? Just kind of out, just kind of a
1: uh, softball-type question. There, I, but. I, I really like the history of the church. Okay. Uh, I, I it, to me it's it's fascinating how all this has evolved, and you 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 get familiar with some of the names, but to find out more about them and what they're really like and what some of the smaller players were like and how that influenced the development of the church and the growth of the church. And uh, it's an exciting history. We've only been around for a couple hundred years. Right. Uh, you know, coming, compared to some of the older denominations, uh, we're, we're pretty young, Right. but uh, we have an interesting history.
0: Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you, Todd. uh, First of all, thanks for your service uh, with the Air Force, and and thank you for all you do as a CLM, for not only the two congregations that you serve, but for the entire Great Plains Conference, especially the metro area of of Omaha. So thank you very much, and thank thank you you for being a part of Inlayman's
1: Conference. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great afternoon.
0: were inspired a bit by Brian's story and from hearing of how he's serving God by serving two congregations by teaching and preaching. I want to thank Brian for taking the time to meet with me and to him and his wife for welcoming me into their home for our discussion. If you want to learn more about lay ministries, check out the Great Plains Conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org slash laity. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with First Calm Music. You can find archive podcasts on my website, ToddSeifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcipher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.